The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 269th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from snowy Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from the past week. Also... We will be joined next week's segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was being here in Boston as Patriots Nation basked in the afterglow of a fifth Super Bowl championship and the tenth for the city of Boston in the past 15 years. Amazing. Uh, By far, the most number of championships in any one city over... That period, of a similar period of time uh, in the history of American sports. I can truly say I haven't seen this type of excitement since, uh, well, for the Patriots, since the first one over the Rams, and for the city of Boston, since uh, the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series, prefaced, of course, by the greatest comeback ever for a series of games when they come down from 3-0 to beat the Yankees. The game last week, the Super Bowl, is being called by many, both locally and nationally, uh, the greatest sports event ever, given the stage, the stakes, and the history that was made. Almost everyone seems to agree it's, uh, you know, the greatest comeback ever, uh, certainly in a championship game. Brady and Belichick cemented their legacy. Uh, And what's most amazing to me is uh, this game, more than any other, seemed to finally turn many of the haters into believers, or at least ready to give the Patriots a begrudging respect, Uh, since I'm really surprised how many nationally have been praising the Patriots. And again, just to my earlier point... uh, you know, celebrating the game uh, and, to a certain degree, celebrating the team. So it's uh, it's really, really something to see. Boston has been just on a week-long high. 
despite the fact we've gotten about two feet of snow in the past four days. And we're now uh, uh, a winter wonderland yet again. It's uh, unfortunately a horrible reminder of the worst winter ever two years ago. Anyway, uh, it's a little easier when you win the Super Bowl. Uh, the parade last Tuesday was wild. It was in awful weather, and that wasn't even the snow. That was more slush, rain, what have you. I'm sure many of you saw it uh, on TV. And uh, about a million people was the estimate that turned out. And they were in a party mood and uh, really pretty amazing, uh, given what was truly uh, a horrible, horrible weather day. Not a day you want to be outside, but yet many were for hours and hours for the parade. It really got a jump start the night before when uh, uh, tons of fans waited at Gillette Stadium for the Patriots to arrive on Monday evening uh, after their flights touched down at Logan Airport in Boston. And then as the week has gone by, as always happens, uh, you know, great stuff coming out in the aftermath of the game, specifically inside the NFL with uh, the great footage from NFL films and then some of the audio and then whatever audio wasn't captured in inside the NFL on Showtime last week was uh, picked up in the NFL Network Sound FX, uh, which had both the highlights and the audio, which just really elevated the event uh, to an even higher level, uh, especially when you consider, you know, things like Edelman saying to Brady on the bench, this is for your mom, stuff like that. Uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt was mic'd and featured throughout, and he, of course, uh, uh, when Brady was kneeling on the ground uh, moments after the game, <clears throat> it was LeGarrette Blunt who was speaking into his ear, and then Belichick joined him, and LeGarrette Blunt had some uh, great audio then. And uh, so it's really uh, a game that the shelf life has uh, e- easily gone into this week, and uh, certainly here in Boston, and is. Uh, Bound to continue. Um, Last night, I happened to turn to NFL Network and picked up the game replay right from Dante Hightower's sack, which was the game changer. That doesn't happen. None of the rest of it happens. And uh, so it was great. So I rewatched basically the fourth quarter from the Hightower sack on. And it was just great to see again with the live audio from Fox and it was just uh, really, really awesome to see. And just as a parting note, as I said at the end of uh, my discussion last week, the Falcons, coincidentally and rather remarkably, are one of the teams visiting Gillette Stadium, one of the non-AFC East teams visiting uh, next season. So I would say uh, circle your calendar for Thursday, September 7th, the Thursday after Labor Day. For the banner raising at Gillette Stadium, the NFL opener, when uh, I would expect, given the NFL schedule makers' uh, history, that they will, of course, schedule the Falcons for a Super Bowl rematch to open the NFL season here in 2017. So moving on, my low light of the week was the Kevin Durant return to 
Oklahoma City game on Saturday night. Much, much hyped. Uh, most people thought there would be serious booing. There was serious booing. Uh, but in the end, uh, it just wasn't much of a game. Golden State is just on a serious roll. Right now, they look uh, awesome, if not unbeatable. Now a heavy favorite to win the NBA championship. And, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're just looking great. And, you know, to go in and do that, given the emotion in Oklahoma City surrounding that game, and, of course, with <clears throat> the Russell Westbrook-Kevin Durant, uh, quote, relationship uh, as a backdrop, uh, pretty amazing that Golden State is in and, and wins that game. Handily, it really was never close. There was it was really never in doubt as we wound along and through the fourth quarter, and uh, so that was disappointing. I was really excited uh, for a great game. And lastly, uh, my bizarre story of the week is the UConn women going for a hundred straight wins tonight, and it's bizarre because it's just remarkable that this run continues with basically no serious competition. It's just reached a point now where, you know, if any team is within 10 points or so at the end of the first quarter, that in and of itself is practically considered an upset and, like, you got to stick with it. I mean, these games are over by the end of the first quarter, most of them. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I was at the previous record setter at the XL Center in Hartford when they won their 88th straight, uh, or should I say 89th, whatever broke the UCLA men's record, and uh, it was a great event. So, uh, But tonight is another milestone, uh, which they seem to set on a regular basis, 100 straight. It's absolutely remarkable. And hats off to them and, and Gino Oriema. They've set uh, the bar really, really high for any and all sports. And now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 1- 888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and it's that time of the show when we have our weekly call-in expert A.P. Studham from Bama Magazine call in and A.P. how you doing today? Hey good John glad to be here. Good glad to have you as always. Uh, so it's hard to believe that football season is really 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 over and uh so I guess it's time to move on to other sports, which is not something we do lightly, correct? <laughs> That's right. That's right. A little withdrawal. Yeah. Well, luckily here in New England, uh, as I talked about at the top of the show, uh, it really hasn't ended yet. The aftermath of the Super Bowl up here, AP, has been uh, unlike anything I've ever seen since, you know, certainly the Patriots won their first one, beating the greatest show on turf back in 2001. When Brady was uh, a youngster, hard to believe, and uh, and then of course the aftermath of the Red Sox breaking the curse in '04, and uh, but boy, I got to tell you, AP, it's just been uh, it continues unabated all week long between the parade, you know, the sound effects on NFL Network where you know that great audio and video come out, you know, as they do for you know, many games, uh, you know, just nobody's well up here in New England's letting it go yet. That's for sure. Uh, maybe this week they will a little bit, but certainly through yesterday, it's still by far the lead story to say the least. John, yeah, they should savor every moment because you never know when this is going to end. And Tom Brady, he's not getting much younger. So it's, it's a good thing. The Patriots, fans and they embrace every moment it really is you know it's uh uh you know as i mentioned during the break to you you know we've got about two feet of snow it's eerily reminiscent of two years ago which was the worst winter ever and that coincidentally was you know right after the malcolm butler interception that's when that horrible winter started was literally the next day (laughs) and so it must be something with uh winning super bowls and (laughs) Followed by snow, but at least if you're going to be stuck in snow, uh, basking in the aftermath of a of another Super Bowl championship makes it a little easier to tolerate, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I guess you and I will have to move on, and 
that, of course, for us means basketball. And it sounds like uh, you covered a little basketball uh, yourself in the past few days. Yeah, the Kentucky Wildcats came to town uh, on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. And Alabama had just been, uh, came off a four-overtime victory over South Carolina in Columbia. So they were trying to have a little magic again in T-Town, but they fell a little short. Um, Kentucky didn't play that well, but they had, I guess, a three-hour practice session to reemphasize defense in the first half. 29 for Kentucky, their second lowest uh, scoring half of the season, tied for the second lowest scoring half of the season. Alabama had 20 points. Uh, So it was a low-scoring first half, and it was a good, good ball game, and they both ended up scoring 38 points in the second half, and Alabama fell short by nine points. But Kentucky, uh, they didn't play that well. They're a team that's averaging 90 points a game, John. So when I saw that 29 score, I think I thought, well, Alabama's in a good position. But they couldn't take advantage because they weren't making any shots from the outside, three for 14. And then at the free throw line, John, this is college basketball, Division One level, nine of 26. Oh, my gosh. That's wow. That's a wow. I didn't realize that. I did tune in to some of the game. I thought of you. And, uh, yeah, I had no idea that it was uh, that bad on the free throw line. But So let me ask you, uh, you know, what I was watching had the feel of, you know, big-time basketball, to say the least. So I have to ask you, is... uh, you know, is Alabama basketball, it feels like, you know, and I realize it was Kentucky in town, but in an overall sense, uh, you know, with the new coach at Alabama, Avery Johnson, is that, uh, is it basically back, you know, at, at a higher level than before? And I know you've had your runs in the past, but I was impressed with what I was seeing from, you know, the Alabama crowd and whatnot. Yeah, it was a sold-out crowd, John, and they definitely are improving. I don't think they make the tournament this year because their non-conference record was not good. And the league itself, I don't believe, has beaten any very many high-quality teams. So, therefore, the league will probably only have three teams in the, in the tournament unless somebody wins the, the league tournament championship, which is the automatic qualifier. But to answer your question, I think Alabama's on the rise. They have a very good class coming in next year. Two players were selected for the Jordan Brand Classic. John Petty of Alabama, Mr. Alabama Basketball 2016. And um, Colin Sexton from Georgia. He was on one of those junior Olympic teams. He was the MVP, and he's a really high-scoring guard, about 6'2", combo guard. But they need people who can put the ball in the basket. That's still the name of the game, John. So... Alabama should have a, a couple good scores coming in next year, and then they have another forward coming in about six nine. Alex Reese is kind of a finesse player from right there outside of Birmingham, Pelham, and they have a, 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 a developmental player from Mississippi six nine coming in, and a, and a left-handed guard from Alabama. He's kind of one of these swing players, so they, they got a nice class. I think it's number three in the country actually, which is I think that's the highest of all time in Alabama history. Really? Wow. That's, that's impressive. Um, well, that's good to see. You know, uh, again, they've had their moments through the years. and uh, But, you know, it feels like it's, uh, you know, arriving and it's going to stick for a while. And on the other side, we have Kentucky. And 
I saw the uh, where Kentucky, I believe I just saw this last night, where Kentucky is, uh, no surprise, once again, uh, the favorite to win the national championship, I guess, based on something new this year with the bracket, pre-bracket, for lack of a better word, being released. Yeah, Kentucky has the length, John. They have some scores, obviously, when they're averaging 90 points a game. Uh, they have a terrific shooter. That Malik Monk is really smooth. He can make jump shots from anywhere, and he has that mentality to score. Uh, every time he's shooting the ball, I mean, it's with confidence. You could see in his body language. So everyone needs one of those type of players, a clutch player, when the score is going to be close in these tournament games. But, yeah, Kentucky has quite a few uh, weapons. And, of course, John Calipari has been there many times. So, yeah, it just depends on how Kentucky's playing through that tournament. Yeah, yeah, well, again, they're, you know, they're kind of like Alabama in football to a point where, you know, they're always going to be there now. You know, it's just, uh, you know, almost like by default, you can put Alabama in the, uh, you know, in the discussion for, uh, you know, national championship contender. It's year in, year out. Uh, and it's great. Good for them. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be fun as always. All of a sudden, you know, here we are in mid-February and March Madness really doesn't seem all that far away. And uh, and I watched Gonzaga against St. Mary's the other night uh, where they kept continued on with their undefeated record. Of course, they're a curiosity. I don't think they've ever made a Final Four yet. Every year they're good. We all know their league is not the best. But St. Mary's is the top contender, and they went into St. Mary's home floor and again beat them handily. I was switching back and forth between that and Warriors, Oklahoma City Thunder, and frankly, neither game was, uh, you know, very dramatic, which was a bit disappointing on a Saturday night. Yeah, Gonzaga, they started their run way back in the late 90s, John, and they've been an, an excellent basketball team. Uh, Mark Few has been able to get players and develop them. Maybe they weren't the, the four-star, five-star, but he's, he's made quite a run in the tournament. And, and John, I think, they, I think they did make one Final Four, if I, if I can recall correctly, and they might have played against UConn. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Um, I remember Butler played against UConn uh, in the national championship, no less, when Butler went two years in a row there, the year following the uh, Gordon Hayward near-legendary half-court shot, which would have beaten Duke. But, you know, I remember the next year, Butler played in the national championship game, which was like one of the worst, you know, games ever as far as low scoring and whatnot. Both, neither team could score that night, it seemed. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Yeah, I would, Gonzaga, to me, feels a lot like the uh, uh, Boise State of college basketball. Do you, do you agree with that assessment? It's exactly. Like, they were the precursor to Boise State. They sure were, John. And, and yeah, I think it was either they played UConn in the final eight or they, they played them in the semifinal. But but uh, they've been very good for a long time now. And oh, yeah. If they, if they have any type of record, I mean, they get the benefit of the doubt. And they're they're called on that Sunday to be in the tournament. But Mark Few, yeah, he he's, likes living up there. He's had many offers to coach 
I mean, UCLA and other big-time programs, and he's turned them all away just to stay up there in Washington. Yeah, well, the, uh, you know, that seven-footer uh, from Poland on, uh, on Gonzaga is impressive, to say the least. He had a fast start the other night. I watched the beginning of the game, and uh, he is, he, he's a wow. Like, he's, uh, I think, 300 pounds, or, or he's really up there, and he's all of seven feet, maybe a little more, and, and he can play. I mean, he. I was really impressed with his, you know, smooth post-up moves uh, around the basket. Uh, so, yeah, I, I look at him and I think, hmm, maybe this is the year. Yeah, those European players, John, they usually have excellent footwork. They all mechanically shoot the ball with excellent form, and they have a nice touch. I mean, I... But, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past Gonzaga to be in the Final Four. The Division One basketball, you don't have to have the biggest program, the most money, be in the most luxurious arena. Uh, you, you have to have a good coach, two or three players. You can rebound and shoot the basketball well and have some guards that are able to manage pressure. Exactly, exactly. And another team we don't want to forget uh who's been number one for much of the season, is, of course, defending national championship uh, champion Villanova. And they look really good. I mean, I, I'd be watching for them because, you know, once you win a national championship, as you well know, covering Alabama football, uh, you know, that gives you some instant swagger. And, uh, you know, Villanova has been maybe, you know, Gonzaga aside with their undefeated record, but them aside, uh, I think Villanova has throughout the year been really about the best team. Yeah, Villanova, I mean, Jay Wright's an excellent coach. I mean, they play that gritty type of defense. You usually can shoot the basketball. And those are two two keys to winning on successive weekends in that six-game tournament. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. I was looking uh, just the other night. To show you that I'm trying to move on from football, uh, I was looking at the various, uh, you know, regional sites and, you know, first round sites. I, of course, had the great pleasure last year of covering, uh, you know, the first round down in Providence, Rhode Island, a half an hour from here. Uh, And that was great. Duke was there. And uh, Final Four this year is in Phoenix, first couple days of April, I believe. But Duke... Got to talk about Duke. Uh, I watched them against North Carolina on Thursday night. That's when we got whacked with the big snowstorm, so it sure was fun to have that one to look forward to uh, that night to watch uh, as as we were shut in, basically. Uh, Yeah, Uh, fascinating team. Coach K back on the sidelines. Grayson Allen, uh, you know, lighting it up after his early season uh, issues, for lack of a better word, tripping, tripping and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, Duke looks like a team at this point that's just going to get better and better and better. Yeah, John, uh, Duke, I mean, they always recruit some of the best players from across the country. They're a smart team. They play tough defense. They're always a, a difficult out, even if you beat them. And they always can shoot the basketball. So th- those are things that always help you in a tournament, help you win basketball games. It's good coaching, 
I mean, they're a championship club, a championship program. So every year they're thinking about not only winning the ACC title, but doing something in the tournament. Exactly, exactly. And I think we can expect to uh, see them there with those great freshmen, not to mention, of course, Grayson Allen. And, uh, yeah, excellent team. And Coach K on the sidelines. Way P, hard to believe we've quickly gotten to the end of our first segment. We have a lot more to get to, and we'll do so on the other side of this break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And AP, uh, something that has uh, slipped under the radar, given the tremendous Super Bowl game, uh, was, of course, the night before, the new Pro Football Hall of Fame 2017 inductees were announced, uh, Tremendous class, no surprise. Uh, Kurt Warner, LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Jason Taylor, uh, Terrell Davis, Morton Anderson, the kicker, Kenny Easley, uh, the veteran, uh, Jerry Jones as well. So uh, quite a good class to me. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought there was a few surprises, John, in that uh-huh. class. Uh, I think one being Jason Taylor. I think he was even surprised himself that he was among those among that group to be called on that Saturday. But um, and then the other person I was happy for was Morton Anderson. I know he's been up for uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I don't think he's made the final ten. And so he was really surprised when he got that knock on the door from the Pro Football Hall of Fame president, Dave Baker. Well, exactly. Um... Yeah, I mean, Jason Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, his first year of eligibility, correct? 
I think so. I think it was. That's why I was so surprised that he was among those selected on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty impressive when you think about it. Uh, you know, anybody, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. It doesn't get any better than that, right? No, and I mean, you can really stick your chest out when you have that distinction because it's rare. It is rare. It truly is. Uh, I think LaDainian Tomlinson was also a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes, yes. But no surprise there whatsoever. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Um, no. But, yeah, you, you make a good point about Jason Taylor. I, yeah, when I was watching that live on NFL Honors, when they called his name, yes, I, I, I was surprised, too. And then, of course, the big elephant in the room was uh, who wasn't uh, inducted, which, of course, I'm uh, referring to Terrell Owens. Uh, he's in the top five, I think, for every significant receiving category. Uh, but he didn't get in and created a, a, a mild firestorm, shall we say. Uh, not so mild from his end, but, you know, mild overall nationally. But uh, anyway, we'll stick. Well, why don't we just get your quick thoughts on that, Terrell Owens not being in, and then uh, we'll move on to who did get in. John, I always thought, that, and I'd read through the years, that what matters is between the white lines. So this idea that people are bringing up all these other considerations, I, I've never known that to be a part of the uh, criteria. So when you hear people discuss how he was not very good on each team in the locker room, and he was traded so many times, and uh, quarterbacks had this, there was dissension with the quarterbacks and other players. I didn't realize that people would be so vocal because there's nothing in the in the rules that said you have to uh, consider somebody's off the field uh, demeanor. It's all it's all between the white lines. Yeah, well, it's a different world, AP, as we're certainly seeing in baseball. Um, I, I think people clearly have to are having trouble separating. Uh, you know, when I think of Terrell Owens, I think of you know a couple of things: winning touchdown early in his career to beat the Packers in a playoff game. Uh, of course, doing the weightlifting out in the driveway at the height of his issues with Donovan McNabb when he played with the Eagles. Next question, we all remember that one. And then, uh, of course, lastly, for me, especially uh, up here in New England, was the great Super Bowl game he played for those very same Eagles and McNabb. Uh, basically, coming off in record time of a broken leg. So he, in effect, followed up Jack Youngblood's act from 1979 in the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Steelers when he played for the Rams. But... Uh, Terrell Owens was huge in that game. Uh, I think he had 10 catches, if I'm not mistaken, in that Super Bowl game against the, uh, the Patriots. So he earned a lot of respect that day. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, John, and, and I don't think there's any altar boys in that Hall of Fame. So that's <laughs> well, maybe really, Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, maybe Kurt Warner. Yeah, he, he might be the lone one. I guess they need one in there, right? But, uh, <laughs> You, you, but I, I just don't. I'm, I'm surprised. But so many people took offense to his personality. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I'm not shocked, though. I mean, you know, going in, I, I just felt totally that he was. Uh, you know, it could go either way based on you know 
his career, both on and off the field. I mean, he made his mark in both places. And, you know, it's a little tough to separate, uh, you know, his off field from his overall, you know, career because it was his persona was so much a part of his career. And again, there's a lot of stuff. There's the, the, the issues with McNabb. I mean, that was as toxic as as it can get with any team. You know, the quarterback and the receiver basically fighting it out in public, you know. And then it's the funny stuff when he was, you know, doing the popcorn, I believe. It's tough to forget, remember which which he did and what Ocho Cinco did. But I think he did the popcorn with, you know, on the sidelines. Uh, I'm not, was he the one who did the cell phone? No, that was the New Orleans Saint, Joe Horn. Is that Joe Horn, maybe? Yeah, Joe Horn. (laughs) Yeah, they've all had him. You know, Randy Moss had his moments, but yet next year we all expect him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And that'll be an interesting parallel right there. Yeah, Yeah, there are two players that were fabulous physically and skill-wise, but off the field, in the locker room, there were some questions. Yes, exactly. Um, You know, one thing I find interesting is Terrell Davis. I mean, Terrell Davis, for a couple of years, a few years, was beyond dominant, as dominant a player slash running back as the NFL has ever seen and during that dominance they won two Super Bowls uh, including the upset of the Packers and Brett Favre followed up by the uh, blowout over Atlanta last game of John Elway's career but I just found it interesting uh, in that you know uh, of course battled injuries and whatnot but you know he got in on what was the equivalent of three, maybe four years of performance, which, again, was about as dominant as we've ever seen and with two championships to boot. So I just found that interesting that that criteria, you know, got established as, you know, being Hall of Fame worthy based on that. Yeah, he's the Gale Sayers of this era, I guess, that short career, but dominant and tremendous uh, production on the field. And he was. He was. I mean, he, you know, for that period of time, he was just, uh, you know, a terror. You know, he was as good as, you know, a good as three, four-year stretch as really just about anybody. And, again, I think what puts you over the top are, again, those two, NFL, those two Super Bowl championships. I think that's what separates it. Uh, yeah, he's a... Um... Yeah, I don't know, John, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. So I just found that interesting. Um, I, I, I like Terrell Davis. I enjoyed watching him play, and I'm glad he got in. But I just found that, you know, unique, but you make a great point on Gail Sayers. Uh, you, you know, the Kansas Comet, and no nickname has been better than his for the simple reason was that he literally was like a blazing comet across the sky that, you know, comes and goes before you kind of uh, realize it. Uh, you know, I loved Gail Sayers. He, he's one of my all-time favorite players because I was a young boy, and to, no one has ever burst on the scene quite like him in football. No, Gale, yeah, Gail Sayers, John, I mean, if you ever saw him play, uh, I once heard someone describe he's like an, an amoeba. He can split defenders. I mean, he just needed a, a crack to get through the 
through the defensive line and into that secondary. And then he had moves that were just uh, so difficult to tackle him. And he left-handed through that halfback option every once in a while. And yep. he catch the yep. ball coming out of the backfield. And he can return punts, return kickoffs. And he was just somebody that had to have the ball in their hands. And it's just unfortunate that injury uh, derailed his, his career to, from being a long one. Well, exactly. And he, he, of course, had the signature six-touchdown game. I remember that like it was yesterday, and I was like eight years old, ten years old, whatever. And, uh, yeah, he, again, he's one of my favorite players ever because he just happened to come along at the time when any kid, uh, he, you know, that sticks with you. Uh those memories and uh you know another interesting one is uh i mean kurt warner you know you could you could make the case that nobody's ever had a better story than kurt warner we all know the story stacking grocery shelves arena football league iowa barnstormers i think their name was and then you know one you know just got his moment when uh you know trent green went down and Truly, the rest is history, and it's amazing what he did with the Rams. Uh, equally amazing what he did to take the Cardinals to the Super Bowl, which they lost to the Steelers, but were really close to winning that game if it's not for Santonio Holmes and Big Ben. So, I, I great again, great story. I, you know, I, I wasn't surprised at all that he got in by any means. No, I don't. I wasn't surprised, John. When you've been to the Super Bowl with a couple different teams and. Led them to great seasons. Uh, yeah, he might have the best story, as you, as you say. And one of the things that helped his career was, I think, that Arena Football League. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And let's not forget what made the Arizona thing uh, more all surprising at the tail end of his career was the fact that, you know, after the Rams, before the Cardinals, he was with the New York Giants, where he didn't do a whole lot, and then... He ended up grooming, if you will, Eli Manning at the beginning of his career. So his career was, you know, interrupted, for lack of a better word, in the middle. It did, it did not go well in New York, other than he obviously was a good mentor for Eli Manning. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, makes what he did for the Cardinals then, uh, you know, elevate his story even more. Yeah, it's more impressive. I mean, it's fascinating, John, how you could have a quarterback takes two different teams to a Super Bowl, but yet he's on the a third team, and it didn't happen. Whatever the reason, maybe the personnel, the style of play, the system, it, he just did not have very good results. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought his career was over after the Giants. And speaking with the speaking of the you know, but it didn't happen, and he led the Cardinals to the Super Bowl anyway. Before we go to break here, uh, speaking of the Giants, I just want to interject breaking news, which is that the Giants released Victor Cruz within the past hour or two, and uh, he's had injury riddled couple seasons. But you know, a couple years ago with the Cha Cha, he was the darling of New York. So. <laughs> Uh, not not shocking, but yet surprising. Like you're sad, maybe is a better word. Yes, the ending was not clean. Correct, correct. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's it. Victor Cruz leaving New York Giants. Uh, well, the Giants cut him. So anyway, uh, AP, we're already at the 
end of our third segment, but why don't we take our last break and we'll get to some more things on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. I'm back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham of Bama Magazine. And AP, we were talking Pro Football Hall of Fame, but we also have coming up the NBA All-Star Game. And it's in New Orleans this this year, right? It certainly is, John. I'm actually going to take a ride over there, and I'm my first time, so I'm very excited. That sounds awesome. Is it this coming weekend, right? This coming weekend, it sure is, and and it's really by a uh, set of circumstances because of that law in North Carolina it was supposed to be held in Charlotte, but the league disagreed with that law about the bathrooms and such, so they moved it back to New Orleans because they had been there about maybe within the last five years. That is correct, yeah. I wonder, uh, maybe they just did that to keep it generally down in the same geographic area of the South, but regardless, uh, that'll be awesome, to say the least. Um, Yeah, it's quite the big deal, and uh, yeah, again, having just been down in Orlando for the Pro Bowl, uh, you know, there's a lot to like about these all-star celebrations, be it hockey in Los Angeles, the, that all-star game, or as you'll see in New Orleans this weekend, Orlando was just awesome for the Pro Bowl. And we, are, we all know Major League Baseball uh, always has fabulous weekends, too. But, you know, the games may not always be what we're looking for, but I can, I can truly say, uh, and I was out at an NBA all-star game weekend in Vegas uh, a number of years ago. The games may disappoint, but the weekends usually don't. So I think you're going to have a fabulous time. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm hoping, John. I'm looking for that good time this weekend. And, of course, to see the game itself and all the festivities uh, surrounding the event. 
Yeah, and not that you need an all-star game to have a good time in New Orleans, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to tell you that, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great again, you know. And I think, uh, you know, basketball lends itself to just being an enjoyable all-star game given, you know, the nature of it, Uh, you know, the events they have. But the game itself, uh, you know, everybody loves basketball one-on-one and they're great athletes and, at any moment in time, you know, in fact, most years, it seems somebody just explodes and has, a, you know, puts on a show. And that's what people come to see when they watch basketball. Yeah, the NBA All-Star game is, is kind of relaxed the first, like, three and a half quarters. And, and then they start to compete for that final uh, run at the end to see which team will win. So and they have the music. The entertainers are there. It's a mixture of all those things. So you can't help but really enjoy yourself. Yeah, well, you know, they have that celebrity game on Friday night, I think it is. And, you know, one thing I've always remembered, a couple things, is, you know, there was President Obama's aide played in the last number of them. I think he played college ball at Duke. Uh, Justin Bieber has, yeah, of all people. And I think of him because I know he just was playing hockey recently where he showed himself to be pretty good. But he also showed himself to be pretty good in basketball at those celebrity games. Kevin Hart, of course, I think he, uh, the actor, I think he won MVP like many, many years in a row. He, He's a baller. And uh, so, and then, of course, the dunk contest is always just a big hit with the fans. Uh, it's gotten old, a little old recently. Uh, and then the three-point shooting contest. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'll never forget, as long as I live, one of my favorite lines in the history of sports is, Larry Bird walking into the locker room where everybody was getting ready for the three-point contest and <laughs> saying to them, so which one of you guys is finishing second? <laughs> I'd say it was over at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's confidence for you. Oh, that's Larry Bird. Uh, I, again, one of the great lines in my mind in the history of sports. I loved it. Um, but yeah, so good stuff. You know, you know I mean... We all like to see the dunks, and we all like to see somebody get hot from three-point land. And uh, so, yeah, you're gonna have a great weekend. I, I'm, I'm excited for you. And it's Washington's birthday weekend to boot, so uh, Monday's a day off for a lot of people, which makes it even better. Yeah, John, I, I just can't wait to be over there. And I mean, it's always fun to be in New Orleans, you said, you said, and just to experience all these NBA players and former players, get a chance to rub elbows with them, and maybe talk to a few. So uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a while, but the circumstances haven't lent itself to that happening. But I said, why not take this chance now since it's so close? And it was by a set of circumstances, as I told you. So, you know, I, I wanted to be at the NBA All-Star Game for, since I was a young boy, I guess. So always watched it on TV. And, and I remember it used to be way back on Tuesday night, I think it was, on a Tuesday night. Yeah, you're going to love it. Um, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, so needless to say, that's my, uh, you know, pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday night. And uh, just as a closing note, as I just saw two weeks ago at the Pro Bowl, I mean, these All-Star Games, it's not just the current players by any means. Uh, it's a celebration of the game, whether it's football or basketball, baseball or hockey, where 
all the legends come out as well uh, around town. And that really, really, as you said perfectly, AP, that just enhances everything. So it's like a, it's like a reunion, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and John, maybe this All-Star game is a good time to pause for all that uh, commotion that's going on in New York City with the New York Knicks. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Geez. I, I, it's crazy. I, I, I've been following the story. It's obviously been leading the news, and then they come out and, like, shock the world yesterday by beating, of all teams, you know, the most stable franchise versus, quote, <laughs> an all-time unstable franchise, at least at the moment. Uh, you know, the Knicks go out and beat the Spurs of all teams in the Garden yesterday, and Carmelo comes up big. And Yeah, but that that whole thing, that, that, that Charles Oakley thing, and we've all seen the video hundreds of times over, I'm sure, but my take-home, as bad as it was, boy, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. If you yeah. rear, reared back with the right hand, Somebody Bingo. could have went flying, and then they would have hit some people in the stands, fell on them, and it'd be like exactly. a domino effect uh, with, uh, you know, with, with the bodies flying. Right. When you have a, a man who is you know, his size, I'm going to throw out 6'10", 260. I have no idea, but I think I'm close. You know, if a punch gets thrown, then I would hate to see what might have happened then. And I thought... The, you know, without going into the issue, since none of us really, really, really know, it's a he said, she said, obviously. But right. um, I was surprised to see the the security uh, director of Madison Square Garden apparently got fired because I thought security handled it beautifully. They were getting shoved and poked in the eye, and yet they didn't overreact. No, I mean, what more could they have done? If that's a large, right. ma- large man, and they surrounded him, and whether you feel it was right or wrong, at least no one else seemed to be affected physically. Right, didn't spread. Yeah, that, that's right. So I don't know. Maybe there was something that was leading up to that that action, but it, it sounds like to me, you know, if you read between the lines, but there's not much you can do when somebody six foot nine wants to uh, have an altercation. Correct. Correct. Again, I, I think they they did. <laughs> I, I, I'm just glad it didn't get worse. And uh, we'll see where it all goes. But uh, lastly, AP, before we sign off, since uh, I've covered this team, I know you have too. We're under a minute. UConn women go for 100 straight tonight. Isn't that just incredible, given you and I have had the pleasure of covering them up close and personal? John, 100 in any sport. I don't <laughs> It's it's outrageous. It's just unfathom, yes. unfathomable that you can reach triple digits in wins. I mean, the only number I've heard like that maybe was uh, De La Salle high school football team out in Concord, California, had over 100, I think it was. But on the Division One level, for some, a team to keep winning, I mean, that that's two or three seasons and a half, whatever it may be. And, you know, they play tough, tough teams. That's counting tournaments, winning championships. I don't think it'll be duplicated. Right. And De La Salle, of course, uh, had a movie made about him. And just as a closing note, I mean, it's surprising because everybody thought when Brianna Stewart left, they were going to get their shot at UConn, and it sure has not turned out that way. But AP, as always, thank you for calling in. Appreciate your perspective, and great having you on. Well, thank you, John. I always appreciate being on your show. 
All right. Thanks again. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. 